0: today. Amen. I am going to talk to you with the help of the Lord on the subject only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. Amen. Is everything okay? Huh? Oh, oh yeah, no, that's fine. I don't. I didn't put my title in there. It's probably an old title. John chapter four, verse four. Great, Amen. And he must needs go through Samaria. You know, them old timers. They really had it nice. They didn't have electronics. Verse five. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sichar near to the partial ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hours, 12 o'clock noon, in the heat. There cometh a woman from Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away, unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou art being a Jew? Askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and he and who it is who saith to thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto her, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is a hundred feet deep. That's what tradition tells us, that that well was a hundred foot deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water which I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. That's amazing. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. Asking you, Lord, to touch your word. Help me, dear Lord, as I import your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. This woman of Samaria came to him, came to Jesus, Came to the well. You know, it's amazing to me how that Jesus always puts himself in a place that our paths will cross. Think about how you came to the Lord. Think about how one day the Lord said, I must needs go to this certain place because you were going to cross there. I must needs go there. I mean, the God of glory, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that made all things, the God that is so big, praise God, that he, if he were a human, he wouldn't answer your phone call because he's too important. Praise God. You see, the Jews were living in a world where they were more important than the Samaritans, and there was a bad attitude there. Amen. But the God of glory... Loved you so much that he said, I'm going to get my place in the situation to where our paths will cross. Why? Because you've got a need. You've got a need of salvation. You've got a need of healing. You've got a need of direction. You've got a need of all these things. And Jesus says, I will put myself in your path so that I might find you. Because you see, the, the Samaritans and the Jews were hated tremendously. One with the other. First of all, amen, they did not follow all of the Jewish laws and things. They, did, they, they, they followed Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books, but they never believed in the prophets. They never followed the prophets. They didn't follow Jonah, Job, etc., etc. They never followed them. Amen. Second of all, amen, they intermingled with non Jews. When uh, when the Israelites were when the Jews were taken over, man, They began to intermix in marriages, and so it, the Jews hated that, and so the Samaritans were uh, m- intermingled in marriage. Third of all, they did not accept the prophet writings, which I said that. Fourth of all, they did not. Uh, uh, they tried their best, if you go back in the Old Testament, they tried their best to stop Nehemiah when he began to build the wall. And so when the Jews began to build the wall, the Samaritans made so much trouble for them, they had to carry swords. And, uh, and so they, the Samaritans actually built their own temple and lived by their own ways. Praise God. And so there was a bad attitude here between the Jews and the Gentiles. So, amen, you can see why when Jesus wanted to deal with this Samaritan woman, he sent his disciples to go get lunch. The Bible said the disciples went to get me. Jesus told him, he said, hey, you disciples, you go get, praise God, lunch. And where do you want us to get it at, Lord? Well, today I want you to get it in another town. Because I need a lot of time. He didn't tell him that much. I'm just kind of paraphrasing there. Praise God. And so when this woman come up to Jesus, which was a Jew. He dressed like a Jew. He walked like a Jew. He talked like a Jew. Praise God. And she was a Samaritan. Amen. When she walked up to him. Amen. And Jesus looked at her and said to her, give me a drink. There's already an attitude there. I hate prejudiceness. I hate it. I'll go as far as to think that I think prejudice is a very uneducated thing to classify one of anyone as the whole. It's crazy. It's just, but it lives in our world and we struggle with it and we have preconceived. Ideas of things. And we see people and we preconceived and we prejudge people. Amen. And that's what was happening here. This woman walks up to this well and she looks at Jesus and he's a Jew. He doesn't like her. Matter of fact, he's not supposed to even drink from the same well. He's not supposed to even sit at the same table. And he asked her for a drink. She's got to say to herself, what is his plan here? Why is he asking me of a drink? Praise God. So there was an attitude there. Amen. Praise God. How many people really miss out on Jesus because of a bad attitude? good, bad, whatever, I was at a service and I was going to preach. It was almost right before the service. Somebody come up to me and said, there's a guy outside. He wants to talk to you about God. He hates God and he's drunk. I said, tell him to wait until after service. I'll talk to him after service. I'm going to stop service for this guy. You know, the thing of it is, Amen. God can't really help us until we get our attitude right. Praise the Lord. And an and, and attitude is something, you know, you, and it's like I've said before, you can't really win someone until they say, what must I do? Praise God. And I'm tired, amen, of trying to fight with people that just want to fight. Amen. If if they want to live in that misery, let them wallow in that misery. Praise God until they're ready to say, I'm tired of fighting with you, Jesus. I want you to help me. And this woman come up and she had to get past a bad attitude. Before she could ever have a relationship with the Lord. I know things have happened to you that you can't understand. I dropped that. I dropped that goo on that carpet, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm doing my best. (laughs) Can you help me? And I told you last Monday, I just finally said, there's things that I I just don't seem to be working out, and I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do and be or whatever, however you want my life to be, I'm just going to say thank you no matter what. There's things that's not working out, things that's not coming together. I'm just going to say, thank you, Lord, no matter what. And until we get to that place, this woman had to get past that attitude. When we come to God with an attitude, he can't help us. But this woman had to get past that attitude. I'm telling you, people will always get between you and Jesus. People will always. What someone said, what someone's done. There's people that won't go back to church because of what someone said. There's people that won't go back to church because somebody that's in the church. There's people that, and et cetera. But I'm telling you, you got to get past people. If you're going to have a relationship with the Lord, you've got to learn to actually love everyone. You've actually got to think of them as your children. You know, we struggle with people. But we have children that have their own problems, but we don't seem to struggle with them. Well, I want you to know, everybody is God's child. Right. Amen. And God loves them tremendously. And God's working with them tremendously. And God is going to treat them just like a mother treats her own children. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus said to her, when Jesus answered it and said it to her, he said, if thou knowest the gift of God, amen. Do you realize what that gift was? That gift was God, Jesus himself. If you realize the gift of God, you see, one of the things we're going to learn about this situation is this woman come up here with an earthly mind, just like Nicodemus did. And God was trying to deal with her with a spiritual mind. When he talked about, Amen, the drinking of the well, she thought of water, water, water naturally. He was talking about spiritually. And this is the focus of my message here today. Praise God. We live in a world where this world is so important. But I'm going to tell you something. A hundred years from now, it's not going to mean anything to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, when the day you drop over dead, all the things that you have is not going to mean anything to us. But what is it we put all our effort in and all our work in and all our frustrations in? What is it that we put before God, put before service, put before this, put before that? We put things of this earth. I can't go to church because you know i i i i 've got a i've got a whatever <laughs> i'm thinking of about six different things that six different people used and I'm not going to use that praise God <laughs> that's too personal, but you understand what i'm saying whatever you put forth first in your relationship with God is before God amen, and you know the, at the end of the life. One of the things that you're going to want to look back in and say, I had the time with God that I should have. Praise the Lord. But this Jesus said to her, he's, I mean, she's going about being so busy. They were busy back then. They had things to do. You know, it's amazing to me how we have so many things to get us Faster. We have a faster way to eat. We've got a faster way to get to church. We've got a faster way to get a job done. We've got a faster way. You know, you don't use a broom anymore. You use a vacuum cleaner. You don't use horse and buggy. You use a car. I mean, it's just everything's faster, but we're still so busy. Praise God. She was so busy. She was so busy, worried about the natural water, and Jesus was trying to tell her about the spiritual water. Because the spiritual water was the most important thing. Praise God. It was the most important thing. Amen. And when she said to him, when he said to her, he said, amen. If thou knowest the gift of God, he was talking about himself standing right before you. Praise God. Do we really realize when we're standing before God how much of a gift he is? I tell you what, when you're standing in heaven and you see people in hell, you'll realize it. Do we realize how much of a gift he is? Praise God, Amen. But you got to think about this: when a person does not receive the or accept the gift of the Holy Ghost. They are actually refusing Jesus. Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Praise God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave as a gift, his only begotten son. So Jesus is the gift. So when Jesus stood before her and said, Praise God, I've got a gift. You've got to accept this gift. You see? And when Peter preached to them on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the what? The gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. God is the Spirit. He's all in the present. In the beginning in Genesis, as the Father, He created the heavens and the earth. As the Son, He robed Himself in flesh flesh does not continue on the fleshly part of jesus christ will not continue on it was the sacrifice it was the thing that took the sin but the spirit of god that was in christ that was god himself praise god comes now in the form of the holy ghost so as a spirit he created to heavens and the earth as god the father as god the son he came in a bodily flesh and he redeemed us and as the holy ghost he comes and he infills us with His Spirit, so when Jesus looked at her and said, "The gift, praise God that I that I have for you, you've got to receive." He was actually saying, "You've got to get the Holy Ghost, praise God, because I'm the gift that will come inside of you." Praise the Lord. When. The Gentiles received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 10, verse 45. Peter explains to them, because these Gentiles were speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, and the Jews were wondering, how can these uncircumcised Gentiles be getting the Holy Ghost? They shouldn't do it. And Peter tries to explain to them that God is now giving the Holy Ghost to the Gentiles. So in Acts chapter 10 and verse 45, he said, And they, which are the Gentiles of the circumcision, Gentiles, which believed were astonished. I'm sorry, circumcision. They, the Jews of the circumcision, the Jews, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know they got the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. Praise God. Peter's explained, he said, hey Amen, how can we now reject them because they received Jesus. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost such as we did. Later, Peter is explaining, hey Amen, how the The Gentiles got the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 11 and verse 15, he said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. What beginning? In the book of Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, there came a rushing wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And I could go on and on and on, but that's what happened. Peter says, these Gentiles got the Holy Ghost just like we did. So when Jesus looked at her and said, you've got, amen, to receive the gift he was talking about him. And he was talking about when he would come into them in the form of the Holy Ghost. He also did the same thing to Nicodemus, which is pretty clear. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift. Here's that word gift again. As he did unto us. Who believed on the Lord. Now, look, they believed on the Lord. People say, well, all you got to do is believe on the Lord. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall pick up serpents. Praise God. Someone says, well, you don't have snakes, do you? And I'll tell you what you answer them. You say, no, that's the signs. We don't go after the Holy Ghost. Hmm. I'm very reluctant to attack what our problem is because I don't think that's a good thing because it puts a negative light on us. But I got a problem with some things in the past where the people were too put too much emphasis on the tongues and not the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You can be tearing with someone, and if they stumble with their tongue, that's not the Holy Ghost. They're not searching for the Holy Ghost. A person that's receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is someone that is lost in God and doesn't understand what's really going on. And the tongues is just speaking through them. But, but in Pentecost in the past... We've got the cart before the horse. And we're really working for them to bring the tongue. And it's not the tongue that you want them to bring. It's the Holy Ghost. These signs shall follow them. So I don't go looking for snakes. But if I accidentally pick up a snake like Paul did in the New Testament. Amen. It's not going to hurt me. I don't go around drinking deadly things. But if I do drink something deadly. Then I've got to trust God that he'll take care of me. Yes, sir. Amen. I don't go around trying to speak in tongues. Because I want you to know something today. The devil can speak in tongues. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't go around looking to speak in tongues. I don't just talk in tongues. I, I get into the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost talk in tongues. Praise God. So you've got to let, but in in the past, churches and preachers want results. And sometimes they will push for the results, and the results aren't solid. That's the best way for me to put it. You need solid results. I'm going to tell you this since I'm up on this (laughs) Don't ever tell anybody they got the Holy Ghost. If they got it, they'll tell you. And matter of fact, it might even be best not to probe and say, did you feel anything different tonight? Yes, I did. Because when somebody gets a hold of God, you want them to get a hold of God so much that they don't have any question. And if they question it, send them back. There was a lady one time, she got the Holy Ghost. I knew she got the Holy Ghost, but she didn't. She didn't, she didn't think God would fill her. So she'd come back. Got the Holy Ghost again. She'd come back, got the Holy Ghost again. She'd come back the third time, and God wiped the church with her. And then she kept saying, Okay, I believe you. I got it. And that's the way we need to get it. I've had people come and say, "Oh, I had got the Holy Ghost. You did. And then years later, they'd say, I don't know if I got it. Praise God. And I'm like, amen. Praise the Lord. So, amen. Jesus wants, if you know the gift, people say to me, well, do I have to get the Holy Ghost? You should say, why would I not want this beautiful gift? Jesus told that woman, and you could say that to him. Jesus told the woman of Samaria, if you understood the gift. Praise God, that I'm going to receive, that you can receive. Praise the Lord. Amen. Romans, Paul tells the Roman church in Romans 8 and 9. He said, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, remember I told you Jesus said to the Samaritan, amen, if you would understand the gift. Can you see Jesus sitting on the well, the Samaritan standing there, the woman standing there and looking at him and saying to him, praise God, Jesus says, you want to draw me some water? And she says, the well's 100 feet deep. You ain't got your rope and bucket. How are you going to get down to the well? you going to draw me water? Praise God, Jesus says, I have water that you'll never thirst again. I want to tell you something. I can take a drink of regular water and I'll thirst. But if I take and I get the well of Jesus inside of me, I will never want again. Amen. All the things of this life, my truck, my house, Everything that I have. I love my toys, tools. I love my tools. Praise God. Amen. I, I I I love the generator. You push the button and it starts up. I just love that. Praise God. And so you just love your toys, or tools, and you love your things of, of life. But I'm telling you, they're not the reason you live. Jesus is the reason that I live. Praise God. I, I lived, my wife and I lived to where we were very, very poor. And now we're blessed, praise God. Not greatly, but we're just Blessed. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing has changed in my everyday happiness because it's always been Jesus that's been in the middle. I've got that water inside that I'm drinking that I never thirst again. I never desire again. I have and I don't have. It comes and it goes. But I got Jesus inside. And I got that water inside. And that's where I'm so happy. Praise God. Inside, Can I get an amen with that? Amen. Praise God. We sing that old song that my title's on. Only Jesus can satisfy my soul. Only he can take a life and make it whole. Praise God. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. But Romans chapter verse 10 says and if christ be in you that's what jesus was talking about so many times priest god god is trying to help us understand the spiritual aspect and all we can see is the physical but if christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of christ jesus you know what i just thought of something if you're living in the flesh you're worried about things of the earth. If you're living in the spirit, then you're worried about things of God. So simple. Praise God. Praise God. But you see, the problem with this lady is she had the mistake that so many of us does. Jesus wanted to satisfy her with spiritual water, but all she could think was of the carnal water. Oh. You're going to fix me with some kind of well? You're going to fix me with some kind of water? Praise God. Amen. You're going to do that? Amen. You know, Jesus is looking at her and he's saying, your five men could not make you happy. Praise the Lord. That's what he said to her. He said, go get your husband. He was kind of calling her out. You know, You know, all right, the Lord said do it, so I'm going to do it. ready? Praise the Lord. God doesn't want us embarrassing people. He wasn't going to embarrass her. He could have said, look, you got five men and et cetera. What did he do? If he would have done that, he was condemning her. If he would have caused her to bring it out. So what did he do? He said, go get your husband. He knew she was not married. He knew she was living with a woman. He knew that she wasn't bound to him. I want to tell you something today. God don't like sin, okay? But God doesn't have a problem with sin. You may not think this, but this is, this is really good thoughts. Not because it's coming from me, because, but it's good thoughts. God does not like sin, but he doesn't have a problem with sin. The problem with us is, we have a problem with sin, so we don't like sin. Some of the biggest things that you fight with others doing, you're struggling with yourself. Praise God. You got, praise God, to Understand that sin is sin and we don't do sin, but it doesn't bother me when someone sins because I know that God is working with them. I wish. I wish others sins would bother me as much as mine don't. Think about it. Praise God. Amen. Jesus looked at her as a sinner and he wasn't condemning her. That's why he allowed her to call herself out. Don't call anybody's sins out. Look at them and let them call their own sins out. He said to her, He said, go get your husband. He knew she didn't have a husband. He could have said, go get the man you're living with. But he let her, I don't have a husband. That's right. You had five husbands. Praise God. And the one you're with right now is not your husband. Praise the Lord. He had the ability to address her. And so she was able to open up to him. Praise the Lord. The problem is we struggle so much with other people's sins because we struggle with them ourselves. He said, you have five other husbands and they're not your husbands. You can't find satisfaction anywhere else. I want to give you living water. I want to come inside in the form of the Holy Ghost and give you the kind of water. I'm going to tell you something. I love my wife dearly. She's the most important thing to me in my life on this earth. But my wife does not bring me my happiness. My satisfaction is in Jesus Christ. I can have things. I can own things. I can possess things, but they don't bring me my living water. Jesus does every day when I love him and pray to him and talk to him and live through him. He's the one that brings me that living water. I enjoy my wife and I enjoy my kids and I enjoy my family and I don't like my dog. But I'm just kidding. I love my dog, too. But, amen, they're not the thing that brings me my satisfaction. My job doesn't bring me my satisfaction. I do enjoy doing my job and making people happy and and doing a good job of it. But it is not the thing that brings me my satisfaction. I do enjoy pastoring, but it doesn't make me who I am. My relationship with Jesus does. I someday may not pastor. I someday may not be able to wash windows. I someday may lose the things around me that I love so dearly, but I still got my Jesus. And He is the thing that satisfies me every day. I don't have to take and watch anything, do anything, smoke anything, drink anything, whatever. My satisfaction comes in Jesus. I drink at His well every day. Do I struggle? Yes. But I'm going to tell you something. Water is very important. There was a time that I was out working in a flooded area. And I was working desperately. It was hot. And it was flooded. And someone said, do you want anything? And I had water up to my knees. And I'm like, yeah. Can I just have a glass of water? (laughs) And I'm telling you, when you're really hot and when you're really working out, Pop doesn't cut it anymore. Tea doesn't cut it anymore. You need to drink water. Water is the second most important thing other than oxygen. Praise God. Amen. But you see, there are three things that she said to Jesus. First of all, she said, you have nothing to draw the water with. You know what she was saying to him? She was saying, you can't help me. And a lot of times, that's what a sinner does, or that's what we do when we go to the Lord. You can't help me. I need this drug. I need this alcohol. I need this man. I need this woman. I need this job. I need this. I need that. You can't help me. i got to have this. I've got to have that. Fill in the blank. Praise God. That's what she was saying to him. You ain't got a bucket. You ain't got a line. You're not able to draw the water. You can't help me. I probably can help you. I'm the one that's going to draw the water. Why? Because she was thinking physically. She was thinking carnally. She was thinking, praise God, in a carnal mind. If she would have thought spiritually, she would have realized Jesus was talking about himself. See, the problem with us is we struggle thinking carnally all the time. Nicodemus, a man must be born again, what am I going to do, enter my mother's womb again? You see, when you come to the Lord, you've got to shut off that physical mind and turn on that carnal mind, the prophet said, praise God, he said, look, he said, there cometh mighty waters, and the carnal mind said, I don't see it. We walk through life, and a lot of reasons we don't see what God's going to do or what he can do is because we're looking through carnal eyes. She looked at him and said, you ain't got a bucket. You ain't got a rope 100 feet long. How are you going to get the water? And that's what we do to the Lord. How can you take care of me? How can you satisfy me? How can you make me happy? Because we're looking through carnal eyes. She said, the well is deep. Praise God. My need is too much for you to take care of. My addiction is too much for you to take away. My sins are too much for you to take away. My problems are too much for you to fulfill. My background is too bad. For you to forgive. That's what she was saying to him. Praise the Lord. And then this one I love the most. She, you got to picture this. He's sitting on the edge of this well. She's coming for water. He says unto her, Would you give me a drink? I can give you of a well you've never t- tasted. Now, Jesus is sitting here. Jesus is God robed in flesh, right? We know that. He is the one that created the heavens and the earth. He is the one that made the well. He's the one that did everything. He called it into existence. He was there when the light began to come. He was there when the worlds began to be formed. He was there when the birds were made. He was there when the fish were made. He created them all. He called them into existence. And he's sitting on the well, looking at this woman. And you know what she says to him? What are you? You greater than Jacob that dug this well? <laughs> he could have said, you know. And because we all struggle with, you know, um, self-esteem, I would have said, "Hey, lady, I have you to know, I created this well." But you see, Jesus, he's so, he's so good, and where he stands, he doesn't even address that. She's looking at him, Brother Tim, and she's saying, are you better than Jacob? He dug the well. You got another well somewhere? Now, once again, in my low self-esteem, I'd have had water shoot up out of the earth. Shh. Aren't you glad you don't have my mind? I mean, it just really, it really just uh, works with me. But Jesus is sitting there, and she says, "Are you greater than Jacob?" We do the same thing. We look at God and say, "You, you, 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 you can do that." God, you're not great enough to take care of that. God, you're not wonderful enough to work out my life. Ooh, here's a good one. I think this is going to hit somebody right between the eyes. God, you didn't know what you were doing when you created me. You don't know what you were doing when you allowed that to happen in my life. You don't know what you were doing when you caused that, Make me to go through that. Praise God. Amen. She's looked at him and said, Are you greater than Jacob? That dug us well? That just blows my mind. Amen. God created it. But he said to her, But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up Unto everlasting life. It will spring up inside of you all the time. Every day that you live, the Holy Ghost will spring up inside of you. You can get up on a bad rainy day as a window cleaner. And you can sing a good song. Why? Because your hope and your love and your joy and everything comes from the well that's bringing up inside of you. Praise God. You can Amen. Whatever your situation is, amen. You can sing and worship the Lord and magnify Him. Why? Because that's where your satisfaction comes. I'm telling you, there are, you can be rich or you can be poor, amen. But everyone can be happy in Jesus. Everyone can satisfy find their satisfaction. When you get up every day, put your spiritual glasses on, not your carnal ones. Amen. When something happens, look through the spiritual glasses. When things don't go right, say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to help me learn? And don't think that God is mad at you, so he's punishing you. God's not punishing you. What kind of parent would want to punish their child just because they did something wrong? And Jesus said, if you, being evil, know how to do good, how much more does your heavenly Father, who is not evil at all, know how to give good gifts to his children? He's not trying to punish you. Oh, my God. Amen. what kind of a parent would want to do that to a child? But he said to her, the water that I'm going to give you is going to be living water. So that you can enjoy it every day. It's going to be a well springing up. It will never go dry. Let's stand. Praise God. Aren't you glad that Jesus is inside? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm so glad he's inside. Amen, and I'm glad, amen, that the Lord is living in me. I'm excited about service tonight. Let's come and pray for Brother Dallison, and uh, let's have a great service tonight. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit. Touch, Lord, and to move and to be with us. Lord, let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. And, God, we're going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?